This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Are you ready for us? Okay. Thank you. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for Michelle and for the time that she has spent with you preparing to teach us today. Lord, I'm so thankful for Michelle and the heart that she has for you and the heart that she has for your women in this Bible study. And Lord, I just thank you for all of these ladies here. We're so blessed to have such a wonderful group of women to be with and to study your word with, Lord. And Tuesday nights have grown to 40 women, and we're thankful for that. And Thursday mornings, we're just so thankful, Father, for the blessing of you and of your teachers. And Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit now comes down upon us, and especially upon Michelle, and that he brings her his calm and his peace and his strength, and that she is um, comfortable and confident in sharing your teaching. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Oh, there it goes. Okay. A little longer. All right. Oh, well, hello. There it is. <laughs> Perfect. Well, to all my sisters here in the room and to all those early morning Thursday ladies, good morning, a very blessed morning to you. And to Tuesday night ladies, um, good evening. And I'm sure you're coming from a busy day. And so um, just thank you for making the time to come. We're glad that in some way we're all together, um, whether even though it's at different times. So I just love that. We've been so excited just to see... Um, God brings so many of us together. So there was lots of ways I could think of to start out this morning. Um, so many good things in our study this week that tie in with the previous weeks. There was a song that came to mind, and it keep it kept just coming in to um, to my head this week, and it was Holy Spirit. Go figure. Um, but the words uh, that of the chorus starts out, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place, fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Saying this song dozens and dozens of times, and worship is one of those ways that I feel like God does speak to me kind of hits me right in my heart, um, which I love and my husband has gotten used to on Sunday mornings when the tears sometimes roll. Um, But when I looked at the lyrics and really sat and just meditated on the words, it just resonated, what do these words mean? We're singing them. Are we letting them soak in and become part of our being? We are designed, God created us, he created our souls to be in relationship with him. Plain and simple. In his book, Soul Keeping, John Ortberg states that our soul seeks God with its whole being because it's desperate to be whole. He goes on to say the soul is God smitten, God crazy, and God obsessed. 
I just, I, that statement was amazing to me. I can't say that I'm there yet, but I loved knowing that that's how I, God had created me. Priscilla Shire, in our study, she also states it in almost the exact same words. The human spirit was designed for relationship with God. In Psalm 63:1, David cries out, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being belongs to, longs for you. Our lesson this week, I kind of saw it in two parts. Our DNA, our body, our mind, our soul, our spirit, and then the Holy Spirit's DNA. So kind of two parts there. Our author gave us a visual representation. So in your study books on page 48, she gave us that circle, and it had the body and the mind, which is where our um, conscience and our soul, or our mind and our spirit are. Our mind, we have to start there. So that's where God's word sinks, sinks in. The content of scripture comes into our mind. We gather information. We learn about who God is. He's good. He's loving. He's omnipotent or all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all at the same time. He's omniscient, all-knowing. God is our Father, our protector, our refuge. He keeps his promises, and he never wavers. Scripture goes on to teach us Jesus' story. We learn who he is, who he is in God, that he came down to be with us and to dwell with us. Jesus was there at the beginning with God in Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So our minds gain knowledge of God, of God as our Father, of Jesus as our Savior. So our faith and our belief in them can then start to grow. This is where our will comes in. Are we willing to acknowledge and then confess that this scripture is true? Do you remember the Apostles' Creed? Interestingly enough, I know of how God works, because we spoke this on Sunday if you were here at sunset, but if not, I put a copy on your tables so you can kind of take a look at it. So as we learn who God is and who Jesus is, and when we're willing to confess that we believe what Scripture says, the Apostles' Creed gives us those I believe statements. Down in the bottom, I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. I believe in the everlasting life. These are the truths that our mind, as we learn, we become willing to then confess these statements and believe in the truths that God's given us. Now that our mind has the knowledge of God, we're willing to confess and obey him, our emotions now kind of come into play. And this is where it can get a little tricky. Love is the kind of overarching emotion that we have. It's part of our Lord's commandments. We're to love our Lord with all of our heart and soul and mind. We're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. 
don't forget the as we love ourselves part. Sometimes for us women, we love others better than we sometimes love ourselves. So I wanted to remind us that we are beloved children of God and he loves us just as we are. And so we can love ourselves with wherever we're at. In his book, What We Believe, R.C. Sproul states that love is the inclination of affections or the disposition of the heart toward Christ. From this, we believers, we pursue, we seek, and we can press into the kingdom of God through this love. While we're called to love, other, other emotions can sometimes interfere with that love or with loving others. We can't let fr- emotions like frustration, anger, fear, tiredness override our mind's ability to stand firm in God's truths or our will to obey him. God doesn't promise health and prosperity. In John 16:33, he says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I have conquered the world. So therefore, we must trust our Father in heaven. We must allow our mind to remind us of God's truths, to remind us of his promises. We must be willing to obey and to continue to love despite what we're feeling, despite fear, despite anxiety. And no matter what our circumstances or our trials are, we have God's truths. Our minds have that knowledge. And so we can willingly obey whatever he is calling us to do. So we've talked about our mind, our soul, our emotions. So now we have to look at our human spirit versus the Holy Spirit. Our author talked about how our spirit can't be trusted. As humans, we may have a general sense of good and evil, right versus wrong, but our human spirit is, as Priscilla Shire puts it, dependent on environmental fluences instead of spiritual. So our environment can sometimes sway our spirit. It can be convinced to say or do something that's maybe for our human benefit instead of God's benefit. We need to direct, we need God's spirit to direct our spirit. So this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. How and why, who is this Holy Spirit? And how and why do we receive the Spirit? What does it mean for us in our lives? The Holy Spirit is good. It is God. It's an integral part of the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He is a person, a being just like God and Jesus. So there's another handout on your table. And on the top it says, um, it's a resource from the book Forgotten God by Francis Chan. And so the site I want you to start on says who the Spirit is and what he does in our lives. And here it bullet points some of these things. So number four, the Holy Spirit has his own mind and he prays for us. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of the God, will of God. So that was Romans 8, 26 and 27. Have you had those times where you don't know what to pray? We know we're supposed to be with God. We know we're supposed to sit and be still with him. But sometimes the words don't come. And it's okay because this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit intercedes. He knows our hearts. He knows our minds. He knows what's on our heart and our mind. And he can speak for us. The Spirit has emotions has his own desires and will, which are in accordance to God, because he is part of that union with God. And again, just like God, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. So the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus, he was there at the beginning. That same verse in Genesis Let us make humans in our image. He was there at the fall in Genesis 3.22. God said, Behold, man has become like one of us to know good and evil. The Holy Spirit is even in the Old Testament. And we, Alyssa talked about the first week, that the signs and all the different ways that the Spirit showed up. But he also showed up in the same light that we think of him. So in Psalm 51:11, David cries out to the Lord, Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not the Holy Spirit from me. So David is even crying out to the Spirit. He's crying out to God not to take his Spirit away. Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed, and anointed me to proclaim good news. That was in chapter 61.1 of Isaiah. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit is ever-present in the New Testament. For those that can make that I believe statement, those statements in the Apostles' Creed, that can confess that their faith in Jesus, their faith in our Lord, also receive that Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, it's the time of Pentecost. And this is after um, Jesus has passed. So when the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. A little bit later in verses 17 to 21, Peter reminds the crowd of what the prophet Joel had said. So referring back to the Old Testament and New Testament times. That God will pour out his spirit, that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Once we too place our faith in Jesus, recognize who he is, ask him to come into our hearts and lives as our Lord and Savior, when we ask him to forgive our sins and confess, I believe, we then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 3:14, at the very end of that verse, by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. So we get that Holy Spirit when we confess our faith. On the back of the handout, if you turn that over, 
Francis Chan listed out some really great ways that when the Holy Spirit dwells within us, these things can come through in our life. Number two is the one that stood out the most at first to me. The Spirit reminds us of what we need to know and remember. He is our comforter, advisor, encourager, and strength. He guides us where we need to go. I love that. All of those things. It's all there. It's indwelled in us. Number one talks about the Spirit gives you words to speak and to bear witness. I love that. Think about the number of times, at least I can, that a conversation presents itself and I have no idea what to say. But the Holy Spirit steps in and gives, gives us the words that he wants, whoever that person that we're speaking to, what he wants them to hear is spoken through that Holy Spirit. It empowers us to be witnesses. We've been talking about discipleship. We have that power within us to speak and to witness for God. Down to number seven and number eight, the Spirit brings us life and freedom. Especially in today's age, we know we have a really good sense of what those words mean even on this earthly life, let alone what it can mean for us, the freedom that we can have through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit working in us. And the Spirit gives us hope, joy, and peace. Sometimes these are hard to find in the busyness of our day, but the Spirit can do that. It has that po- he has that power. This part of the chapter in Forgotten God, Francis Chan reminds us that these things, they cannot happen of our own accord. We, have no, we don't have the ability to have these things happen in our life. But what we can do is we can ask. And our author talked about this as well. Matthew 7, 7 says, Jesus instructs, he tells us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock on the door and it will be opened. All we have to do is ask, and we can ask in confidence because of our faith, because of our mind, knowing the truth of God. We can willingly obey and willingly ask in confidence for the Holy Spirit to work in these ways through us. So with hopefully a little better understanding of the Holy Spirit and what he does in our lives, if you think back to that diagram in our study with the circles, Priscilla asked us to draw a big, huge S over our human spirit, representing the Holy Spirit. And I know in the room there's those that are very crafty and those of us that maybe aren't so much, but coloring is something even I can do. My students laugh at me all the time when I try and draw because it's hysterical. But if you took a highlighter or I would encourage you to go back and take a highlighter and you draw that S and you can see the ink sort of spread out. And that gave a representation of what the Holy Spirit can do. So she talked about that when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, when it's dwelling and we're allowing it to lead us and we willingly obey, it spreads throughout the rest. It spreads to our thoughts. It spreads to our will. Our will becomes God's will. And I just loved that image that she gave us. 
the bigger question that I kept coming back to is, how do we then hear the Holy Spirit? How do we discern the Holy Spirit's voice over our own, over the noisy world, over our own desires and our own human needs that we think we have? So just like everything else, anything you do, whether it be sports or crafting or writing, it takes practice. And we have to train ourselves. We have to train our ear to hear that spirit. Priscilla Shire gave us the four M's, which I personally loved because easy for me to attach to since my name starts with M. It's like, fantastic. So... The first one, just the message of the Spirit. Your voice, God, or mine? Is it my, are my emotions getting in the way of hearing God? So something that we have to, in our stillness with God, sit with him and be still, and then be willing to be honest about whose voice we're hearing. The mode of prayer. Anytime an issue comes to mind, So instead of worrying, we have the choice to give that over into prayer. Worrying doesn't do anything to help the situation. Easier said than done, but with training, with practice, when that issue, when that worry comes to mind, we can immediately give it over into prayer, and God can take it. The model of scripture, it starts with being in the word. That's where God's truths come into our mind. When you are hearing a voice, take it to Scripture. Is Scripture confirming what you're hearing? Or is is it contradicting with Scripture? That can be a way to know if it's your voice or God's. The ministry of Eli, love this one, can attach to this one very readily. Seek the counsel of a wise, more mature believer who's practiced in discerning the voice of God. Thank you, ladies, for walking with me. You do this. We have this in each other and with our fellowship with one another. Sometimes we can hear God's voice when it has to do with one another, sometimes more than for our own sake. And so obey that voice and share it with one another. It can be a huge blessing for us. In Judges 6.17, Gideon, I love Gideon, (laughs) he asks, for that confirmation from God. Since he says in verse 17, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that is really that it is really you talking to me. And it's very similar in verse 37 and 39 when he asks again for the confirmation. It's okay if you're not sure whose voice you're hearing. If you want to make sure that it's God's voice, ask him. Go back to that Matthew 7, 7. Ask the Lord, is this you? And through at least one of these ways, if not some other way, he will tell you. The last one was mercy of confirmation. And it can be circumstances. It's amazing how things can align. It can be that ministry of Eli coming back in, even with circumstances and inviting or providing the opportunity. So I love that we're given these tools they're fantastic. There's something we can attach ourselves to and that we can keep readily in our mind. Ultimately, though, it's truly about being in step with God, being in his word. That's our foundation. That's a foundation for our mind. Being still with him in prayer 
and just even being still and letting him talk. Prayer is the time for him to speak to us as well as for us to ask and bring things to him. Being in fellowship with his church, that's another way to be in step with him. This, this morning, Tuesday nights, your group there, Thursday morning, same thing. You have each other for a reason. God has provided that fellowship for us. In our study, we're told about a missionary who shared that as soon as he opens his eyes each morning, he says, Lord, this day I present... Yep, I'm going to stop. Helps me to look at the time. <laughs> Thanks, Kara. So in our study, we're told about the missionary, and each morning he opens his eyes and he says, Lord, this day I present myself as a tool for you. Today I am your living sacrifice. So I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I'm very much a night owl. So I don't jump out of bed. I don't easily even open my eyes. I kind of deny it for a little bit. I don't even do my Bible study in the morning. It's not the time that works for me in the rhythm of my day. But I can, once my eyes open, I can say, good morning, God. Thank you for this day. And commit myself as a living sacrifice to him. Even that much in the morning, can start the day with him present and with him in the forefront of our mind. And it allows our will to be obedient to whatever the Holy Spirit asks us to do throughout our day. So it's just one small step that we can take to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. So I'm guessing there's still some. It's like, okay, I hear all this. It's still easier said than done. And I get that. I hear you. I hear those thoughts. I understand them. But I do want to gently challenge you just a little bit, challenge this line of thinking. I actually think that all of us, each one of you, myself included, are hearing the voice of God. There have been moments. There are times. Take a minute and think back to the moment you signed up for this Bible study. And this is what helps me confidently say that I know you're already letting your mind sit in his truths, willing to obey, and you're hearing the Holy Spirit. You had some sort of prompting to sign up to come to Bible study. Was it seeing the announcement? What, did a friend invite you? Did circumstances align? Do you hear the five M's in this? Mercy of confirmation? mercy of, or the mode of Eli, the ministry of Eli and one another? Did a certain scripture prompt you and th make you think, I want to know more of your word, Lord? And that's what made you sign up. Or was there simply a stirring inside of you that just prompted you to either show up or to register online? Either way, there was something that stirred in you. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God saying, come be with me. It's already happening. I also see the Holy Spirit through you in how you care for one another, in the support, in the words of wisdom, just in the community that we have. Our human spirit would say, no, nah, don't go. 
no, don't say it, it might, they might not take it well, or no, do something for yourself instead. That's what the human spirit would do. But what I see in all of you is doing for others, supporting one another, your families, whatever that is in your life. The last thing that kind of hit me in all the books that I looked at and all the studying that I did to prepare for today, every single one of them pointed to one small thing. It said, stop looking for God's will in your life, but instead just look for God himself. Don't be concerned with what his will is for even tomorrow, for next month, for next year. Just be present in the day. Just look at what, Holy Spirit, what are you prompting me to do today? Turn to his word, turn to him in prayer, and then look for him. Look for his presence and be obedient to the Spirit's leading. I'm going to have Alex play the song that I referenced at the very beginning. And hopefully it should come up with the lyrics. So I would invite you to be still to put down your pens, to meditate on the words, whatever it is that the Spirit calls you to do in this time. It's yours. It's yours with God. And so I just invite you to just be part of this moment. Maybe.
to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning, for this time together, for this time to be with you and at your feet. I pray that we look to you, that we invite your Holy Spirit into our being. It's dwelling there, and so I just ask that you help us to lean on it, to lean into it, to listen and obey whatever its leading is. I pray for these ladies this morning. Just bless us all in our time together in our small groups. I pray for open hearts, open minds, just to hear all that will be said and discussed. I pray that we look for your confirmation, for your promises, for your truths. Be with us this morning and just bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good morning, ladies.